again with another podcast on about being born for battle and we're looking forward to sharing the word of god with you through this podcast and believe that it's going to be a tremendous help to you in, in various ways and we're and you're going to learn praise god Amen. it's a good time to, uh, to to know some things about battle because i believe that we're in a time when we're going to have to really battle for our very existence as christians you know there's a lot of places in the world today that are dealing with uh you know, martyrdom because they're Christians, and uh, and that's a sad thing, and and you know, especially in the Muslim worlds, and so God forbid any of that ever come to our our nation. But if Jesus tarries is coming, that's a remote possibility, and boy, you better know who you're dealing with and what you're dealing with. If all of our battle was just with flesh and bloods, of course, then we could use natural armor and do the things necessary in order to, uh, you know, alleviate all of that problem. And man's tried that, but it doesn't seem to get rid of all of the issues that we have that that we, uh, you know, have to deal with in life. There's always going to be difficulties and problems. So it's good to know that behind all the physical uh, things that you and I deal with, that there is that uh, uh, which is spiritual. And thank God we have means whereby we can uh, uh a battle and win. So we were want to get into the Word of God, talking to you about that. And I don't know, we, you know, if I teach every lesson that I would like to teach you about this, it's going to be quite a few. And I don't know exactly how far we're going to go, but let's just take one scripture that we read last week and uh, read that to you because I want to kind of fix on that verse today. Second Timothy two three said, "Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ." No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Well, you know, we're the thing about it is we're chosen by God to be soldiers. That's quite a quite an honor. You know, I I've been in the military. I signed myself up, and actually, I went in at, at uh, I went in at 17 years of age, and the only reason I was allowed to go in at that age is because my mother and dad signed for me, and but. Uh, you know, in in one sense, you know, they had that their part in it, but my part was that I wanted to do it. I was uh, that was something that I felt inside of me that I wanted to do, and so I'm glad that I did serve and learn a lot of things, and uh, hopefully it was a blessing to this nation. Even though being a Vietnam veteran is well, at the time was not such a uh, popular uh, thing, and I'm glad nowadays the military and the soldiers get the honor and respect that they should. Amen. But in the in the kingdom of God, we may not get so much honor either. We we may be like uh, uh, the Vietnam veterans or other veterans that have suffered some of these same kind of uh, atrocities, and that. Uh, so you know, uh, but there's a day coming when we will be, and we will be honored, and it'll be those who who will say to us, "Thank God you fulfilled your place in the army of the Lord." And so the so the text is, "Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier." You know, somewhere along the line, you know, I I I, I heard a man tell this. I didn't see this particular story, but I knew the man knew it was true. When President Reagan uh, declared a, a war on uh, Grenada, uh, when they uh, back in during his presidency, uh, he, this young man said, "I saw a Marine now who and Marines are really." highly trained for battle more so than maybe in some of the other services uh and so uh 
here's a Marine standing on the shores on the island of Grenada. And the, one of the newscasts, I asked him if he knew what he's doing. He, did, he said he didn't have a clue. He didn't know what he was doing. Well, he's, the, the preacher made a comment and he should have got that figured out in boot camp. And I don't know what kind of boot camp he went through, but I've, I've heard some of the boot camp uh, rhetoric that goes on because I was, of course, in the Navy, but I was stationed off the, uh, off of a of the military base in California, a Marine military base. And I tell you what, I don't know if I could have took some of the things that some of those poor guys took, but they're strong and thank God for that. So there's things that comes along with being a soldier that's not pleasant. Nobody, nobody wants to do it uh, when it, when they think about it from that perspective. But, but you know, we're, the scripture says we're as a good soldier, uh, as a, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So a good soldier knows that there's things that's going to come now. We want to iterate this point. Last week we talked about it a little bit, but the first duty of a soldier is obedience. You know, there's a there's when you're told to do something, you best be ready to do it. You you have been trained, you're ready, especially in the area of war, you better be ready. And some poor along the line people are just like the Marine on the Grenada Island. They they they're in a battle in the realm of the spirit, and the spiritual things are taking place, and they don't have a clue what's going on. They don't even know what's going on. They think that well, I've entered into the kingdom of God. Everything's going to be wonderful. And everything's going to be rosy. Well, hopefully that's true. And sometimes, it, you know, we do have those times when God is extremely good to us. And we walk in the favor of the Lord. But there's times, brother, when you and I have to, as we used, to, as we sometimes say, uh, tie a knot into the rope and hang on because that's just about all you can do. And so uh, that's part of what comes along with it. Somewhere in our mind, we've got to get the clue that the, that we're going to be a bit, uh, uh, we're going to endure hardness, and we're going to run up against things that are difficult to you and I, and we're going to come to a place where we're going to have to, you know, make some decisions many times in our life, and sometimes it's it's at the point, you know, like like the psalmist said, I swear to my own hurt, and change not. Well, that's kind of the way it is. Sometimes we, when we, when we go in the, when we enlist in the military, none of us had ever been in the military. And if you, if you have, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you've been in the military, you, you, you did not expect what you was going to face. You didn't know you was going to have to make decisions like what you had to make. You didn't know that you was not going to be able to say no, even if you wanted to. And if you did, it was going to be considered insubordination and you're going to be reprimanded and, and harm, uh, you know, uh, disciplined because of it. Well, and that's the way it is in the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, you know, the Bible said there's coming a day when we're going to be rewarded for the deeds done in this body. But some of that, some of that is going to be that we are going to see some things that we should have done and didn't do. And now God's not going to be there pointing his finger at us in utter condemnation. Jesus is not out to get us. He's, he's for our benefit and for our help. But at the same time, you know, we're responsible because we've been given a book that will help us know how to fight the battle. And that's what we're after when we went, when we teach you along this line. So the most the, the first duty of a soldier's obedience, then the most evident duty of the soldier is to endure hardness. That's that goes along with the course, you know, eight weeks into boot camp and training that you go through in boot camp and preparing you for what's uh, days ahead. Uh, you better understand that that's the beginning of something that's going to last for whatever season of time you're in the military. Now, I, we had people in our branch of the service that uh, you know, they had really, we said they kind of had it on easy street. 
They lived over on uh, Easy Street. What they did was not quite as bad, but it didn't make it any less important. And that's the thing that I want to get across to you. Maybe there won't be that element of sacrifice and things you have to deal with and hardness and stuff in the, in, the, in the general sense of the word. But uh, there's, you know, what you do is important. So, but at the same time, we have no guarantee that it's going to be wonderful. I had somebody say to me one time years ago when I was a pastor, I said, well, I thought when Jesus come, there's supposed to be peace. I said, well, yeah. But at the same time, he did say, you know, when he there was going to be war. I mean, he didn't say there's going to be peace, only there's going to be war. He said, I didn't come that you might, have, you know, bring peace. I've come to bring war. And that, and he really was talking about what we're talking about. It's, it's in the realm of the spirit because Jesus had a one-on-one confrontation with the devil right at the very onset of his ministry. And we're going to see that or talk about that just a little bit here in a minute. Uh, I sat down here and didn't quite get myself a Bible, so hopefully I'm going to be able to conjure up something to, to get across what I want to say here in a minute. But So the, the, the first duty of a soldier is obedience. The second most evident duty of the soldier is endure. And, it is to endure hardness. Here's the one that really brings the, is the clincher. The ultimate duty is to offer the supreme sacrifice. That is, we love not our lives unto death. Uh, you know, none of us would like to think about the possibility of having to face martyrdom. You know, I saw a, a man martyred by, by the Muslims. I saw them cut his throat, cut his head off. He was a Christian. And it was horrible. It was a horrible thing to watch. I mean, it was just took, you know, I didn't watch it all, but I couldn't, what I did watch, I couldn't stand hardly. It just absolutely, I I can't explain in words how that was. I mean, you know, I've, I've been in a war. I've been in war situations and lives are lost and people are killed and things like that. But at the same time, when a person just lays there for no reason at all, you're being killed and having his head get off and, and, there was a person who made absolutely no sound. He was in a moment's time. He bled out and he was dead. Uh, but he, he he paid the ultimate duty. So the ultimate duty is, the, is to offer uh, uh, up the supreme sacrifice. We love not our lives unto death. Unto death. That means we are we are committed from the beginning to the end. When I I did not understand that really any more than most people when I first became a Christian, but I, it didn't take me long to realize that if, if, if I was going to go anywhere in God and have anything of God, I'm going to have to press into the kingdom of God for the kingdom of God suffered violence and we got to press into it. Now, if we accept the fact that our role in life is that of a soldier, then we must drop our toys. I want to get this point across and become more acquainted with the weapons of our warfare. Now, Paul talked about that. He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That is, they're not play toys. You say, I, I watch people a lot of times in, in Christianity and I'm on TV and different things. And I don't think, and I, my wife and I will be watching sometimes. I say, you know, I don't think that person right there has a clue about what's going on. Or obviously they're not, like I heard one fellow say years ago, man, if you're not, if you are having no resistance in what you're doing, you're probably swimming along with the rest of the fish. But if you're having resistance, it's because you're swimming upstream. You're going contrary to everything else that's going on around you. And that's kind of how it is sometimes as, a, as a, in the kingdom of God. you got to realize it. We are, we are, we are we're in the world, but we're not of it, the, the Bible said. So, and and so our role as soldiers is that we're going, one of the, one of the main things, that we're going to have to lay down toys, little elementary things that we 
go through at the beginning of our Christian experience is one thing. Uh, you know, we, because God, you know, God, his mercy don't allow us sometimes to just have to experience some of that. We need to grow a little bit for that. But uh, I heard one person say it this way. When you obtain new levels, then you acquire new devils. That is, your the level of resistance intensifies. The devil really rears up against you when you begin to understand when, when you revelation comes to you and light comes to you and maturity comes to you and growth comes to you. The devil said, I'm going to sit down and take that. I'm going to get up, bless God, and do something about that. I have to do something about it because if I don't, they're going to grow and become strong and I, and then my kingdom's going to get torn down. Well, that's right. And then we need to zero in the fact that we're not going out to fight the enemy with water pistols and little play bow and arrows and things like that, we're or some little rubber knife, we're going out with the sword of the Spirit. It's a sword of the Spirit. And the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. Our words and things that we use to war with and our instruments of, uh, of weaponry that God has given us is, is powerful. They're, the Bible said they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, why would you need? Uh, why would why would you go to find strongholds without any weapons? I mean, that's foolish. Why would you go to war without some idea of what weaponry you need? Well, that's what we want to learn. We want you to understand that you that you as a believer in Christ have been granted authority on this earth. Jesus gave us that authority. He said, and he put it within our lap. I'm going away, he said, but I'm going to send you another comforter. He's going to empower you to do what it is you need to do. And I'm authorizing you to cast out devils in my name. I'm authorizing you to lay hands on the sick in my name. I'm authorizing you to, uh, you know, uh, speak with new tongues. I'm authorizing these things to happen. And all of these are the things he mentioned there is, of course, part of our weaponry. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're not carnal things. They're, they're there for the pulling down of strongholds. That is, stepping into the enemy's camp where things are the really, where the real things are going on. See, a lot of times people don't really get into the battle uh, with the real devil. They, they do some little demon spirit that gives them a little bit of resistance. And some folks run when that happens and stick their head in the sand. I've actually seen up seen preachers sometimes when the Spirit of God begins to move and devils begin to manifest in people and get delivered, start getting delivered. They'll, leave, they'll, they'll go somewhere and hide off in a corner. And that's not becoming for any soldier in the kingdom of God, preacher or not. And you should stand up strong against the wiles of the devil. Paul said concerning the devil, I'm not ignorant of his devices. You know, I know what he's doing. I know he's out doing something. And and and, and then once again, you know, you when we if we were reading out of Ephesians 6, we talk about the armor. Paul is talking about the armor that belongs to the Christian. Why in the world would a person need armor if he wasn't in the soldier? I've heard people say they go a little bit too far with this. I agree, not 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 disagreement, but people say, well, you know, Jesus has defeated. That's true. He's defeated all the power of the enemy, yet at the same time he empowered us. He didn't empower us just to walk around and do nothing. He empowered us to go and occupy. You know, there's one thing to win a war, but it's another thing to occupy. And we're told to occupy until he comes. And so uh, we need to take our weapons, drive back the forces of hell, and go for it. I mean, as we say, go for it. So the soldier, then the soldier's best friend in a conflict situation, then, of course, is his weapon. Because, first of all, it's a resource, it's, it is his one resource of disposing of the enemy. What you have, that's what you have, what you've been given by God. Uh, the name of Jesus, that's part of your weaponry. 
Uh, we'll see here in a minute about some, some other things. But the, the name of Jesus, in my name, he said, you'll do it. In my name, cast out devils. And go forth in my authority. As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Jesus was sent with a purpose on mine. He, he was sent. He knew from the time that when he come to the realization of what his purpose was here in this earth. And as in his human form. He always knew that in his God form, of course. But but he, he and, and it's hard sometimes to, when you look at the scripture to, you know, to see uh, what was going on. Because sometimes it, he called himself the son of man. And sometimes he, he, he stayed over here in the natural realms, kind of. And then other times he switched over to that spirit realm. But but he knew who he was. He knew what his purpose was. He knew where he was going. So he was his number one resource. And, and in his case, we'll see here in just a little bit in, in Luke chapter 4, uh, where he, part of his what part of his weaponry was. And we will drop a line right now. It, it was his word, the word inside of him. So. A soldier's best friend in a conflict, and of course, number one is because is his. Uh, I'm sorry, the soldier's best friend in a conflict situation is his weapon because it is one resource of disposing of the enemy. Second is securing his own safety. You know that's the thing about it. A lot of people. It's, you know, nowadays, I look at soldiers, and boy, they, when I was in, we didn't carry some of that stuff like, like what they carry now. They've got every kind of instrument in the world. I'm glad for them, too, praise God, and, they, and still they don't have all the things that they need. But they have a whole lot more than what we had years ago. And, and the thing about it was, got things that can stop bullets or, you know, keep you from dying. If you, in certain body shots and things, we didn't, we didn't have none of that. Uh, but we had weapons. We had, you know, M16s and machine guns and uh, 50 calibers and uh, various different kinds of weaponry uh, that we used in order to secure our safety. It's, and so it's important. You know, we're encamped around about uh, with the angels of God. Of course, they're our protection. But at the same time, we need to, we need to uh, get rid of the enemy. We need our safety. And then... then Thirdly, we're accomplishing the will of our captain, which is disposing of the enemy. Now, that's that's vital and important that you and I understand it's our responsibility to put that dude in his place. I mean, put him in his place. Now, give him actually, uh, give him no place is what the scriptures said in our lives. Jesus said, the prince of this earth, he's come, but he has no place in me. John, I think it's John 14, 30, where he said that. He said, he's come, this prince of this world, the earth, the devil he's talking about. Uh, he's come, but he, he has no place in me. Well, that that's his. That's putting him in his place. Don't give him any place in you. That's putting him in his place. Hallelujah. That's what needs to happen. And so, so, so we can kind of look at some things that happened in Jesus' ministry and in his life that lets us know what he did in order to, to get himself in a place in a place where he could uh, accomplish the will of the Father. It was as he said, "It's my will to do the will of him that sent me." Well. What was the will? Well, we can see glimpses of it in different, different manifestations. When, on several occasions, he raised the dead. That was part of the will of God. And on several occasions, and many occasions, he healed the sick. And I mean every kind of sickness you can think of. And, and in many cases, he delivered from demon power. And then people who were lost and born bound in sin, he set free. So thank God, you know, he, he did some things. Now, Jesus' account of meeting the enemy in the wilderness shows us how to conduct ourselves against the same evil power active in the world today. Okay? 
In other words, what Jesus did in the wilderness, his act of warfare there in the wilderness in Luke Luke 4, really, I don't have that verse right before me. I have a little different version of the Bible, and I'm going to switch around here so if my sound goes up a little bit or fluctuates, please forgive me. Uh, I'm uh, trying to get something, get a Bible here. I should have, I sat down without having one uh, right in, right before me, and I had to reach here a little bit for this one. But Luke 4, this is a little different verse. This is New American Standard, but it'll get, a, it'll get the point across, and I want you to see that. Uh, Luke 4, and, and we read about verse 1, and this, all this is important. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit, led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. Forty days being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days, and when he had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said unto him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, His written man shall not live by bread alone. And we had two other occasions where Jesus, with the devil, said something to Jesus, and Jesus answered him, you know, with the word of God. He didn't He didn't answer him any other way. So, but, but I want us to look at a couple of things before we get to that. First of all, uh, look first at the condition of Jesus and the, and, and the factors in his life that made him ready to face his enemy. I, I kind of like this verse. It's worded just a little bit different. The King James says, Be ready always to give every man a reason for the hope that's within you. But the English Standard Version of that the same verse, 1 Peter 3.15, uh, But in your heart's regard, Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone, and I put in parentheses, that means Satan, who ask you for a reason for the hope that is in you? See the and the devil will do. What are you? Why you? He would say it this way. What are you hoping in him for? He's not going to do anything if you look what he's done. And he yada yada yada. He'll go through the little spill he has. But so so we need to understand that there were some conditions uh, of Jesus and factors in his life that made him ready to face the enemy. He was ready. He was prepared. He did not go. First of all. The Spirit of God would have never led him. And that was the first thing you need to know in the manner, uh, in the manner of warfare, that Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what the, that's what the Bible said. We just read it. And, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, it said, returned from Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. And so, uh, or the King James Version said, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Well, the Spirit of God's not going to lead you someplace. He's not, if he, if he leads you, and guide you, he's going to provide for you. And he's going to equip you. He's going to equip you to do what it is. He gives you the grace. And when you go, you you will be ready. When you really go, a lot of people go before they're ready. And they face things that they're not ready to face. And the devil really cleans their plow. But I'm telling you, uh, we need to be prepared and ready. Jesus, first of all, then, part of his condition was to be filled with the Spirit. And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He didn't decide just to get up and go. Or to go on to some presumptive idea and have a uh, and have a bash fight with the devil, bash or a fight with the devil. You know, a lot of people I've I've have heard them talk and I've seen them do it. Well, I'm going over here and I'm gonna cast me out of the devil. Well, the seven sons of Sceva tried the same kind of thing. The Bible said, and the man whom the devil was leaped upon them, and tore the clothes off of them, and they ran out of the room that they were in, naked. The Bible said. And so they, there was a presumptive move. Jesus made no presumptive move. The, he was filled with the Spirit, and next he was led by the Spirit, all in the same context, of course. He was filled and led. You, you're not going to be led much if you're not filled. I, I believe in being a Spirit-filled believer, according to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, being filled with the Spirit of God, speaking to yourself, uh, I mean speaking rather in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance, because 
It's because it developed something on you inside of you spiritually. It helps you to come to a place where you can be led by the Spirit of God when you're you, because you're praying in your spirit. When you pray in tongues, you're praying out of your spirit. You're not praying out of your head. You're not praying out of your emotions. You're praying out of your spirit. And it's made strong. And it makes you strong inside. Uh, and the Bible says in, in Jude 20 that we're building up ourselves, most beloved, praying always in the Holy Ghost. So do not think then that this point was irrelevant because it's important. Jesus was submissive to a higher power. That's another thing that you need to see. He was filled with the Spirit of God. He was led to the, by the Spirit of God, but his part was he was submitted to do that. Now, who in his right mind wants to go in the wilderness to face the devil? You know, I, I, I've never got that. I mean, I'm, I've prayed a lot of people through the deliverance, and I've been thrown through the air. I've been uh, uh, come out to be killed. I've had various numbers of things happen to me because of demon spirits. And so I'm not going out looking for no fight. I can tell you that right now because I, I don't want to have to, you know, my the natural side of me doesn't want to have to deal with it. So I'm not going to act just on my own. And you better not do it either unless you understand that God is leading you and you're filled with the Spirit of God to do it. You always think of the scripture, it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So Jesus didn't enter in uh, presumptuously, in a presumptive way, but he was led by the Spirit of God. And it was and it was very relevant to know that he was submitted to a higher power. His, his, his heart was devoid of any suggestion of presumption. Now, confrontation with the devil is not to be sought presumptuously nor be entered into without being filled with the Holy Spirit. You should never do it. You should never go to battle without weapons. You should never go to battle without power. See, the thing that you've got to understand about authority as a believer is that when you and I know who we are and know what the Bible says, and when we speak the name of Jesus, we're releasing all the authority of, that heaven has. It's backing us up. And that's why it's very important. And listen, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work together. They don't work separately, and we don't work separately from them. We work with them, and when they want something done, then we, if we're submitted to the will of God, we'll go do it. It makes no difference whether we like it or not, because that's part of the enduring of hardness as a soldier, is doing things sometimes you don't want to do. And so that's, that's you know, we got to, that's part of it. Hallelujah. You better understand it's part of the warfare. It's part of the battle. It's part of what goes on. So don't step out there presumptuously. Don't enter into anything unless you're filled with the Spirit of God. All right? The second condition of Jesus was he fasted and brought his bodily appetites under control. And this is important because uncontrolled appetites uh, give the devil a vantage point against us. Now, and when you and I don't deal with things, when we when we don't deal with certain, when we have battle appetites and we don't deal with them, then we're giving place to the devil. Ephesians four twenty seven, I believe it is, says, "Give no place to the devil." We've quoted that already, but didn't give the location. Ephesians four twenty seven said, "Give no place to the devil." So he fasted to bring his bodily appetites under control, uh, and so the devil wouldn't have no advantage point against him. Now listen, the devil has centuries of experience on how to get man to move out of God's will and choose their own will. And that's very easily done when you've got appetites that are out of control. Because Satan most probably waited until Jesus was at his limit of physical endurance before he, you know, come at him and, and, and tried to pull him out into arena. So here's Jesus. He's, had his, he's fasting. His body's weakened. 
but he's doing it to get his appetites under control. The enemy knows because of his experience when to move up on him, so he waits to what he thinks is his most weakest moment. But when we're weak, God is strong. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's just the way it is. The devil overplays his hand so many times. He he picks on us and he does things with us. And sometimes we, we're kind of caught in a place of uh, frustration, confusion, whatever the right term is. And we don't know exactly what we want to do. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes. If we're full of the Holy Ghost, if we stay full, then he'll come. Hallelujah. And when he comes, he'll give us what to say. And so... So, uh, you know, the devil probably waiting to Jesus' most weakest moment and he and thought he was unable to, con, you know, confront a, and deal with a frontal attack, but he, he got something, he found out something he didn't know. Paul said he was not ignorant of the devil's devices, and we're not to be ignorant of, of them either. In other words, part of warfare is knowing that when you and I sometimes in our weakened state, if we need to learn to depend upon the Holy Ghost. We need to depend upon the power of God on the inside of us. We need to listen to Him who lives down on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And follow that. Because that's that's the thing that's going to put us over. He, The Holy Ghost come to dwell on the inside of us. We became new creatures on the inside. We became a housing place for the Spirit of God, who is the very power of God manifested in our life. And sometimes fasting sets aside that uh, that natural man that wants to fight the battle. I, one thing I've learned from experience, and this is important for you to know this, when you're, de- I've, I've seen people hold devils on the ground. Well, when I first started, I had to, I'm talking about people actually. Uh, had spirits in them to try to hold them down. Well, I've, I've, I've been there and done that, but it don't work good. And I had to learn through a school of hard knocks. I'd never do it. I don't do it today. I'm not going to stand around and hold the devil. I'm going to tell him to come out. He's going to have to do what I tell him to do because I'm using the name of Jesus and have all the power of heaven against him. That's the same way with you. Don't ever enter into a battle physically. Now, you know, there's a lot that needs to be said about that because sometimes the enemy... You know, he. You know, you have to restrain the person, not to the point of holding them, but to keep them from harming themselves. And so sometimes that that's necessary, and that's a whole other new teaching. We're not going to deal with that per se. And then the third condition: Jesus filled himself with the Word of God. I, I mean, even though Jesus was a carpenter in his profession on this earth and his field of responsibility, uh, that way, yet he pushed things to the limit that is while he's doing all of that physical labor and that hard work brother he's filling himself with the word of god and we know that because at 13 years of age uh, he was he was able to astound the, the, you know all the pharisees and and people of that of that of that day that were religiously trained and taught they never heard anybody speak like that because he was full of the word of god even at that age so his mind was a storehouse of the words of god well because you see the holy spirit then is able to use us is able to use us if we are absolute if we have absolute control of them uh, if he has absolute control of us and we are filled with the word of god that is we're filled with the holy ghost he has control of us we're we've killed all those bodily appetites and now we're uh, full of the word of god then the spirit of god has something to, to that's his sword that's what he uses he doesn't now there's a little bit of difference sometimes we need to know the difference between the rhema word and the specific word sometimes people go to battle and they have a knowledge in their mind of what the word of god says but they haven't because they haven't listened to the spirit of god or heard from him they enter in presumptuously and they don't have a what we would call a rhema word which means a word that's that is made alive it's it's quickened 
That is, it's an utterance. It's an utterance from the Word of God that helps you defeat the enemy. That's what it is. And so Jesus' body had been starved by exhaustion, but not his, but not by choice. He was led to the point where he was led. And as a good soldier, he brought his body into subjection, endured hardness as a good soldier. And then knowing that victory don't depend on the physical fitness. Though bodily exercise and profits a little, it's good sometimes we can take care of our body. And sometimes we overeat. Sometimes we do different things we shouldn't do. And we don't rest properly and whatever. And then the devil catches us at that weak moment. And we've not been filled with the Word of God. We're not full of the Holy Ghost. We've not given ourselves uh, to the Lord. Then we... then. The devil has control and he can he, and he defeats us. But the battle ain't over, praise God, when it happens. You just hook back in and say, Lord, I saw what happened. I want you to forgive me and I'm going to get back in there and do it. So uh, Jesus was in that kind of a scenario. Physically, he was probably very strong because of his physical work. But after 40 days of fasting, believe me, I understand that because I've been there and done that. Brother, you don't have a whole lot of strength to do anything. You're helpless almost if you're in a battle situation. And if you had to do something in the physical, you'd just be you'd be out of luck because somebody's going to hurt you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your your body's not able to do it. Uh, uh, and so he... So for the Holy Spirit to be able to use us, you have to have absolute control of the of us, and we must be filled with the, His Word because that's the sword of the Spirit. And so Jesus, when He spoke to the devil, words was what He used. He said, "It's written." See, His words were not just words; they were rainbow words, quickened by the Spirit of God, empowered by the Spirit of God, and backed by the Spirit of God. So to, just to take the Bible and quote something without having a knowledge that goes much deeper than your head about what you're doing, then you're setting yourself up to be attacked by the enemy and actually defeated. And a lot of people do, and they go and say, well, I tried the Word of God, and it didn't work. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You tried something, but you didn't try the Word because you don't try the Word. You do the Word. The Bible said we do the Word. We have to do what it says. And in, 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 uh, that's, part of, that's part of the endurance, if you want to know the truth about it, because you know everything in our natural human being, when we get into battle, everything in our natural human being wants to side in with the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's exactly what he wants to do. It doesn't want to fight. And so a lot of times, if our spirit man's weakened and we don't have the Word of God in, then the outward man and or the mental man or the two together defeat us before we ever get into the battle arena. That's why we need to keep ourselves praying in the Spirit continuously and pray without ceasing and to, and to feed ourselves on the Word of God continuously and put the Word of God in our mouth and talk it. Now, it's a whole different setting, and we've got some messages on our uh, website that talks about all of that, so we're not going to go into that little side uh, issue here today. But it's important to realize that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Hallelujah! Uh, now, see the Ephesians five eighteen says this: Be filled with the Spirit of God, speaking to yourself with psalms and hymns. Be actually what it would say in the Greek: Be be being filled, or be there's the there's a continuous sense used there in the Greek, meaning that's something we need to stay full of all of the time. We cannot. Take that for granted. We need to be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and power and walking in the Word and doing the Word, speaking the Word of God, meditating the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God, or, you know, retaining it on the inside of us. Hallelujah. We need to be ready. So when we step into the arena of battle, we're, we'll be conditioned. 
I don't run like I did now. I, I, I ride my bicycle quite a bit. I started riding bicycle here at 68 years of age. It's a little easier for me to ride a bicycle, even though I walk quite a bit and anticipate getting back into running. I've had some physical situations I had to work through, so I haven't been able to do the running like I used to, but I used to run uh, 10 and 12 miles a day, but believe me, I didn't start off at 10 and 12. I, I, I tell you, to be, I'm going to get real plain. About the first time I ran and, and put a little, I ran too hard and I ran too long. I wasn't conditioned and I almost threw up or vomited because I, uh, you know, I just overdid it. But blessed be God, after a while, I just kept working and working and working and finally worked myself up to a mile and worked up to two miles and conditioned myself and got to a point where I could run 12 miles, wouldn't even get out of breath. And I was running 70-minute miles. I mean, and, you know, I was 40 years old. That wasn't bad for a 40-year-old man. I mean, there's a lot of people who runs a lot faster, and I agree, And but they didn't do it without some kind of conditioning. Jesus conditioned himself by being staying full of the Holy Ghost, by staying full of the Word of God, by dealing with his flesh. Uh, the flesh shot of him and bringing it under. So thank God we we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, here's here's a point. This is a final point. Do not ignore the relationship between condition and competence. If we want to be competent in withstanding the devil, the, 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 let us be careful of our spiritual condition. That's basically what we're saying. Which in summary is, am I being led of the Spirit? Is he in complete control over my being? Am I diligently storing my mind with the Word of God? Very important. Do not ignore relationship between condition and competence. If we want to be competent withstanding in withstanding the devil, then let us be careful of our spiritual condition. Make sure we're in shape, praise God, when you go to battle. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you got the armor. Make sure you got the weaponry. Make sure you're full of the Word and full of the Spirit and, and led by the Spirit of God. And He's in control. And you're full of the Word. Hallelujah. Amen. Final thing I want to say to you is a quote by Amy Carmichael. The only thing that matters is to throw all the energies of our being into the faithful use of this precious blade or the sword of the Spirit. When we do this, then we rest our case upon the Holy Word. Hallelujah. And that's, that says it very good. Amen. I, know, I, I believe you were helped with this today. I trust it's going to be a help to you. Amen. Invite others to listen to this. We're going to go on. We're going to continue. We've got quite a bit we'd like to say about some of this because we feel like that the upcoming year is going to be a real year of challenge for the body of Christ. But the crooked thing is going to be made straight. The high place is going to be made low. But we need to know who we are and where we stand in God. And we're dealing with forces of hell and and things of demons that uh, uh, generations prior to us have had not dealt with exactly the way we're having to deal with it. And we're the generation that I believe that's going to see the coming of the Lord. And so we need to realize that the devil has come down amongst us and he's doing, he's fearless about what he's doing. And we better get the same way, friend. Amen. Hallelujah. God, I pray for my neighbors today. I pray that you'll help them, help them, help this word penetrate their heart and life. Help them to be, help them to be all that they can be and to rise up and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We speak blessing over them and speak life into their, into them now in the name of Jesus Christ and let this word penetrate and let it do so and bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. That's a brother Hughes saying, remember this, God is exalted, Satan is defeated, and Jesus Christ is Lord. By one Jesus Christ, reigning through life on the basis.
of the blood. 